Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2, the safe space created for black women by black women to strip away the taboo of talking about mental health. You'll hear from mental health professionals and advocates as well as black women sharing their experiences as we break down the complexities, explore ways to heal and support each other. My name is Ashley, I'm your host. Whether you're a seasoned regular or this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much for your support. Now let's get into today's episode. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2. This is the podcast for Black women by Black women where we talk about mental health and speak with mental professionals as well as bringing on Black women to tell their stories about their own mental health journey. Um, Today, well, I'm your host, I'm Ashley. Today we have a really special guest. Her name is Sage Kazi. Welcome, Sage. I'm so happy that you're here. I know this has been a long time coming, so I appreciate you making the time to come onto the show. Yes, no worries. Awesome. Um, so Sage is a an amazing, amazing photographer. We will drop all her details at the end. Make sure you follow her. If you don't, you're going to wish you would next year. <laughs> um, but Sage, tell us a little bit about like where you're from, where you grew up, kind of what you're doing now as far as your career. Okay, um, I'm from Florida, Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, what am I doing with my career with photo- photography? It's such a, uh, it's like a, the older I get, the more I'm like, don't even want to do this anymore. But, <laughs> but before that, I've been doing photography for about 10 years. Um, I moved to LA about two years ago. Loved it. It was just super expensive. Then COVID happened. And now I'm back home. Nice. So that's, so how did you get into photography? Well, me and my a person I used to know in high school, we actually started together and it was called Candies. Mm-hmm. So we were going around like taking pictures at like the step shows, the jerkaholics back then that just shows my age, like just taking pictures of like, you know, all the cool kids. Mm-hmm. And that's how I really started. And then when I went off to college, I was continuing it. And then like, I met a lot of the people I met in college, like, have gone on to do great things. Like, the models I met have gone on to, like, do, like, ASOS in the 10 years that I've known them. Right. Um, so that's kind of how I started, how I evolved with, like, my friends. I didn't really start taking it serious till like, 2014. But even back then, like, my work was going viral, like, all the time. Mm-hmm. A lot of, like, Black love concepts that I was shooting. But then, like, I started to get annoyed with photography because of clients. So I took a break. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like that break kind of hurt me more than anything because I'm seeing a lot of people have stayed consistent. I've gone on to like do amazing things. So, um, yeah. Well, I mean, I've seen your work and your work is incredible. So Thank you. I'm happy that you're back doing photography. Yeah. 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 You definitely have an eye and the the images you capture are just, they're amazing. So. Thank you. Um, but I definitely want to talk to you about, I know you said you moved from LA. Um, well, you moved to LA. I'm from Vegas and I spent a lot of time growing up in LA, different parts of California, visiting and having friends out there. But I know LA is a different beast. And yeah. so if you're moving from, I know you moved from Fort Lauderdale, which is like a pretty busy city, but yeah. how was the transition moving from Florida to LA? Honestly, um, looking back, I don't know. I kind of like got up to speed with LA and I guess because I feel like Fort Lauderdale and LA are like the same thing. Like it's always sunny. Mm -hmm. The only thing I would say that's different about LA is like the opportunities out there are incredible. And 
the different communities like you have Santa Monica then go you have North Hollywood like this all like create like you go outside and so much vibrancy like they have people walking around like that's what I miss about LA um so I think just that alone is why I adapted really close I mean quick to LA and also like I people thought I was from LA because of how I I speak they're just like oh you sound like a valley girl (laughs) but yeah and then everyone's just like LA fits you but it did but it was just so expensive yeah LA is so expensive and people say oh people in LA are fake but honestly it depends on who you hang around because the people I met out there were super nice yeah it all depends when you're in LA like the different you could be in one crowd and be just like cringe yes so superficial but then you can go down the road a different crew of people yeah. a whole different vibe yeah yeah I well, completely agree like when you so when you're living in LA I know another aspect of LA is that like presentation really matters mm-hmm. and like how you look can sometimes determine the opportunities that you can get in um get and then potentially the rooms that you can get in like did you ever have did you ever kind of like run into those situations? Yeah, I noticed that people in LA carry themselves a lot differently than people in Fort Lauderdale. And coming from there, like it really did make me like step on like how you present yourself. Like you honestly, I mean, you can go to the Target and like bummy attire, but you don't really want to because people in Target aren't really like, like everyone's just so like well put together. Right. from what I experienced in LA so um I did notice that and I wished I also went to LA when I wasn't too much younger it was two years ago but my mindset was differently because I was just oh man I could just throw this on because I had like that that Broward mentality like man I'm just going to down to the store but I wish that now that I'm back and I'm able to look back that I took more advantage of like being put together and like going out and networking because it definitely would make a difference Right. You could be somewhere, you could be at a house party and someone there's like an A&R or on a Netflix show, you wouldn't know. Right. And they would approach you if you present yourself a certain way. Right. So like navigating that, that type of, it's, it's not kind of a lot of pressure. It's a major switch from yeah. being able to kind of go out, go to the store, go hang out with your friends and not really think too much of it. Whereas yeah. there is that added layer of, okay, let me make sure like I'm at my top tier level. Yeah. So, if the opportunity is there, you know, they see me. Yeah. How, so how did your, did your mental health change at all? Or did you have more anxiety or anything when you got to LA? Um, It did, but it wasn't because of the pressures of LA. It was just because like, I was really homesick and I'm super family oriented. And I also went out to LA and I didn't have a plan. I feel like LA, you have to, I went out there, I left, a good job in Florida to work minimum wage in LA. And that was just not something I should have done. I should have like really researched and found like a job that would sustain me. Mm-hmm. Cause even though I did okay, my living experience would have been way better. Like we dealt with a slumlord, all this stuff on top of like not being anywhere near family, like really took a toll on me. Like I remember, I don't even know what year it was, but one of the years, not the year before COVID, 2019 it feels yeah. like 30 years ago right I know I'm just like what year was that um <laughs> I think 2019 I spent like every day in December just crying I've never been like a depressed type of person 
I've always been very bubbly, but I remember just like crying every night because I was so miserable. Like I wanted to go home so bad because you have to be making a certain amount of money to really enjoy LA. Like you could go there with a decent amount and like, okay, LA is cool. But to really like full throttle, enjoy LA, you have to make a certain amount of money. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely understand that. Yeah. So let's fast forward a little bit to like now COVID hits, you're already homesick, you're in LA. Um, like obviously everybody, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but there's a strong possibility that a lot of people struggled with their mental health over the past yeah. year, um, from COVID to racial injustices, um, to obviously financial strains for everybody. Like how has that affected your mental health since, you know, since in the past year? Honestly, as soon as COVID hit, I was like on the first ticket back home, <laughs> like our hotel, I was working in the Hilton. And our hotel, I remember, like, we first heard about, oh, something's going on in January. We're just like, oh, it's going to be like swine flu, like nothing's going to happen. March comes and they're just like, LA's shutting down, we're closing, fill out unemployment. And I literally bought a ticket and I was home like two days later. I was like, oh, "Oh, word? Because I've been praying for a sign to leave LA. Not saying I pray for this whole pandemic. It was your fault. (laughs) (laughs) We finally figured out the cause. (laughs) But... I was like, yeah, I'm out. And honestly, me getting out of LA at that time was the best thing that happened to me because I spoke quarantine, like researching, like looking up YouTube videos about positivity, like how to be more feminine, things that I never really thought to do. But I really just had a lot of self-reflecting. Like I even came back home and I like separated myself from a lot of the negative energy or like the negative people I used to be around. And it's really helped during COVID but once things started picking back up um I found a job during COVID and then I quit it because it just it wasn't a good fit and now things are picking back up and now I'm just like damn like I'm unemployed I'm going back to square one like I'm about to be 30 like it's like COVID mental health was good COVID's over now it's like going back down (laughs) wow yeah Yeah. and and trying to find a job that like that you love is so hard hard. it plays a lot on your like self-esteem yeah I know for me it gives me like a ton of anxiety trying to make sure like you're making the right decision yeah leave and then trying to make sure that you have a good place to land um yeah I mean but I do think you're super talented and I know that you'll find what what you need to find what's there for you what the universe has for you um i because i hear that a lot and i tweeted you know that fresh prince thing where he's just like how come they don't want me man where he's talking about his dad that's how i feel about these jobs like (laughs) i feel like i'm so talented why they don't want me and that's really like i've gotten to the point where my photography like i don't know i feel like i'm so unattached detachment like I've shot some things like the past like three months and I have not posted just because I'm just like these aren't that good like nobody's gonna like them and I felt that way about one photo the model actually ended up posting it and it got like featured on like five different pages five thousand likes per page but I'm still just like all right it's like that one slipped through the cracks but like now I'm just like I'm at the point where okay I left my job um I'm talented with this photography, but like now I need to really start making money because I'm getting older. Like photography, like I haven't booked these campaigns that I want to. 
I guess it's being very self-critical and just, I think I'm being very black and white at this point, but other people see it as, oh, you're giving up and you're so talented. But it's just like, hey, like something's got to shake. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's a, that's a tough position to be in. Yeah. But, you know, like you, I definitely think like you, you got to bet on yourself, mm-hmm. you know? And eventually yeah. everybody's going to see it. But I mean, in this whole process, do you like what do you do when you hit these road bumps of kind of feeling like discouraged and mm-hmm. maybe a little let down by not getting certain gigs that you think that that you definitely are qualified for like how does that mentally like what are you kind of going through and how do you bounce back from that well honestly i'm seeing things now that i have a certain plan and i don't know if i'm going to be a photographer forever but i do know that i want to make some money so um the way i see it's just like just stay I'm telling myself, just stay focused. Like you have a certain goal that you want to do this year and do that. And if that means that photography is not aligned with that, then cool. Um, I listen to a lot of, I'm in a clubhouse room and um, it's like positive affirmations and like spiritual advice, prophetic planning. I'm starting to listen to that every day. And that's really helped me. Like it's helped me take myself out of a negative space and understand that this is the start, this is the foundation. And it's not like, you're not gonna start off with 20,000, 50,000. Like you're gonna start where you are right now. And also I'm thinking of like deactivating social media because you go on social media and someone's just like, oh, I retired at 27. I'm like, oh, I just bought my first house at 23. Oh, I just bought a new car. And it's just like all these things being thrown at you when you're just over here, like trying to figure things out. Um, you have to have a space that you could go and like detach yourself from like all these things being thrown at you. Yeah. It's like so many distractions that are out there and so many just, yeah, I think social media can be good. I know we've talked about it on the podcast before, but it (laughs) has a lot of good. And then it also has a lot of negative aspects. And I I definitely understand like if you're in that headspace where a lot of these things are just pulling you from what you're focused on yeah I definitely understand like taking a step back um, from it you know don't delete your pictures though (laughs) no but I might disable the page for a little bit I do think also with social media that people show what they want you to see and Mm -hmm. I had to get into that point like I saw someone saying that people actually buy empty designer bags just to show designer and it just shows that the depths that people are going to like, and it's not even with social media, like the rapper, I think Jay Herbo, who's like, I think they're on trial for like buying fraud with fraudulent money, buying like designer puppies, like these villas and like all this other stuff. And it just shows like, it's not even just us people, it's people up there that still feel the need to like feed into this social media stuff. Yeah, just like the pressure to, have this curated yeah kind of lifestyle yeah that exactly you, curated that's exactly what it is yeah it's like it's hard to look I don't I know for me I'm kind of like I'm not a skeptic but I'm also a bit of a conspiracy theorist but I kind <laughs> of think that a lot of people are putting on a show that yeah and, they are yeah and I remember the days like back in Facebook where I, I would always be annoyed when people would just go really deep in posts and like talk about like 
just give, give too much information but now yeah. I'm kind of missing those days because yeah. I feel like every everything was like very authentic at one moment in social yeah media, where people now just, it's like yeah now it's just like fraudulent doing this is but are they really doing it and yeah like, people that say oh I retired at 23 I don't know like I did the numbers on retiring quite a few times it's a, it takes a lot of money it I'm takes a lot but yeah <laughs> Yeah, I feel like it's very easy to put on a show for people and show people what they want. But I know on their end, mental mental health wise, I know that's got to be draining. To keep. it has to be to keep up with that. Yeah, that that's a lot. Um, yeah, Whew, girl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, how would you describe like your handle on your mental health right now in this moment? Um, I think that it's too situational and I really want to get a hold on that. Like the other day, my mom caught me moping and she's just like, when you get in a mood, like you literally shut down, like you don't like you literally sit there and just dwell in it. And when things go right, I'm back happy again, but I would like to like keep a consistent emotion and not be so affected by like the events going on in my life. So that's the thing I really need to work on. Yeah. That's very self-aware to to clock that for yeah. sure. Easier said than done though. That's for sure. Yeah, it is. It's easier for me to sit here and sulk. I am the sulk queen. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So let so let's talk about you sage five years ago versus sage right now. What's the biggest growth that you've seen? like as a, as a full person in mental health, kind of how do you think you're different now than you were five years ago? Definitely way more mature, way more responsible, way more understanding that my actions, my, I, there's consequences to my actions, way more calculated, um, way more reserved. Um, I definitely, and I have to give myself a pat on the back because okay. like I have come a long way um, to get to where I am, if I was still the same person I was, um, five years ago, like, I would have to be playing catch up five years now, like, if I continue down this path, so I feel like now I'm at a good, I really feel like I'm at a good foundation to build better and to make better friends, like, make better judgments, stuff like that. That's awesome, that's awesome, that's beautiful that's so nice thank you <laughs> I think we have to give ourselves props sometimes because yeah. sometimes it's really easy to get stuck in where you are at this moment and we forget that you five years ago 10 years ago 15 years ago would be would look at you now and be like wow yeah like wow you actually you're doing that wow yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> she did that all yeah. of that yeah <laughs> so it's definitely important to give give you know Pat yourself on the back often. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a question that I like to ask everybody um, is what affirmation would you give your younger self? So let's just say 20-year-old Sage. What affirmation do you give 20-year-old Sage now? Don't be so hard on yourself. I think that'll be my mainest, mainest thing, main thing. Um, I remember looking, I remember just growing up like, 
not even feeling like I was pretty because I was always like the dark skinned girl, like often overlooked in college. And then I guess like those feelings carried on to like how I would come off to people even after college, but it all came from like low self-esteem. But like, honestly, like I'm looking back at old pictures of me, like, oh my God, you're so pretty. Like, I wish you could see like what you look like. So I feel like I would definitely be telling myself, like, don't be so hard on yourself and don't compare yourself to like other people, like do your own thing. And if I, well, I want to say that because it is what it is, but the way I'm moving now is that I'm doing my own thing. If I would have done that five years ago, who knows how far I would have came. Yeah. Wow. And they, you know, they say comparison is a thief of joy. Yeah, it is. And it's so true. Yeah, it's so true. But I I love that. And I think like, I definitely understand, you know, being melanated growing up is really different. Like now it's kind of now I, I think that's one thing for me has been really good about social media is I see other like dark skin, mm-hmm. beautiful brown women yeah. and just glowing and owning yeah. it. And I think that's so important that if like I, growing up, all I saw was like Lauren Hill. Yeah. Um, Naomi Campbell. Mm-hmm. Am I forgetting somebody? Grace <laughs> Jones. <laughs> I mean, there was a very, there was a very select few. Very few that I saw that looked relatively like me. Yeah. And it was a long time before I saw like there was no black dolls or anything like that. No. 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 So, but I know that that can. I know that that's really tough to to get through like as a kid as a teenager Mm -hmm. kind of feeling like you're always like last in line yeah 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 and it isn't until somebody tells you or you look at old pictures I think that's what did it for me too is like I think I was in college I just got into college and I saw a picture from like sophomore year I just got my braces off like and I was like okay yeah Yeah. Look at her. She's kind of cute. Okay. But it takes a while to get there. It does. It definitely does. But you have to like, and also like, even with dating, like the guys I was going after and that I would put on a pedestal, like looking back, I would never date any of the guys I've dated or even dealt with. Like, and the guys I was seeing validation from, I would never get that validation from like, even with being dark skinned, like if I'm going after like certain like, like entertainment or rappers, they're always going to be like colorists because a yeah. lot of them are. So like if I would have just been like, you know, you should go after these kind of guys, like the guys I go after now, I'd probably be married by 22. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but it's all part of learning. Like I've learned a lot about life yeah. and stuff. Like I learned the main thing about life is that if you don't like something, change it. That's all you have to do. Just pivot. Like, if you're going one direction and it's not working out, pivot. And that's like with everything with like friends, if you don't like the way your friends are cheering you, look at the common characteristics they have and pivot. Like, don't go after that no more. Like, stop doing that. And that's literally what I, in quarantine, I learned to just stop doing that. So that's really helped. That's awesome. That's so true. Like, mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. You have to just pivot into. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. So let's kind of talk about, let's talk about these beautiful photos and mm-hmm. where people can find you um, for right now. I know that you're thinking of kind of like stepping back from social media. So if you've got a website, all of that, um, kind of tell the people how they can 
buy some of your pictures, girl. Yes, buy some of my pictures. <laughs> yes, <pictures>. beautiful. Yes. <laughs> but, I um, got the background and yes. beautiful pieces of art, just like beautiful black bald head woman. Just it's gorgeous with like the gold frame. Thank you. Yeah, it's amazing. Thank you. You can find them on my website, which is sage that sage-clossy.com I will direct people to there for now because who knows what's going on with social media in a few weeks might be gone but or if you want to find it until then it's Sage Causey so yeah um, I'm going to try to heavily push my website though because I do want people to buy my prints right now they aren't really selling but I really feel like my work is like a niche audience but I want the people that buy it understand like they deserve to be in places like this yes. because they are like it's I want my my prints to be like luxury fine black art so yeah I love it I love it I would just girl just own it say my prints are luxury black yeah. art fine art you gotta buy a frame for this don't yeah you do <laughs> you know you don't just put little thumbtacks in my work no 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 I <laughs> won't do <laughs> gotta go to Michael's get the frame yes, you gotta yes <laughs> Get you a custom frame. There you go. And also because like I started to, another reason why my work has shifted to like luxury fine art during quarantine, I started to like really look into my, and I hate the word high value because of Kevin Samuels and all that. But I looked into like really like taking care of like yourself, like your audience. And it's not even like, I'm not saying like you need to drip designer and all this, but like you can have the finer things in life. And even it's just like, simple gold accessories in your home like I really believe that having like just having like a nice appearance and just being like thoughtful about the things you do it really makes a difference because when you look good you feel good so Mm -hmm. that's where this my whole work being fine art really started because it's just like this is what I would want in my luxury apartment because I feel like we all deserve to live a luxury lifestyle like there's this thing on TikTok called black girls in luxury and I love that because I feel like we all deserve that kind of life. So, yeah. I love that. I love that your art is bringing luxury to us. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, and I have a question. So I see the way that your your art is just like glowing melanin coming off of the page, like coming off of my screen. Mm-hmm. How, like at what point did you say, okay, this is, this is what I want to shoot? Because I know we talked about kind of growing up, dark skin, kind of feeling trying to learn how to love yourself as you are and I think what comes along with that for me is like also looking at other dark skin people and feeling like okay we all are beautiful like we're lit. yeah, yeah. <laughs> at what point in your art did you see that shift or make that shift where you I mean because your art is what I'm looking at she's got this on her on her zoom background <laughs> is beautiful pieces of art in this luxury apartment and the melanin is just like popping off of this red background. Like how, how did you get to the point where you're like, yo, we're lit and I need to take pictures of this? Honestly, I've always felt that way, but I kind of strayed away from it because I was doing like, when I moved to Instagram, when I moved to LA, uh, which is basically Instagram, but when I moved to LA, um, I wanted to take pictures of all these like popping Instagram people. And that's another thing. When you start to realize the people you put on these high pedestals really aren't it, it starts to make you be like, what am I chasing after? And that's what happened in LA. Like all these people, popping people that I wanted to shoot, 
ended up being like not really cool people like just like kind of like not really nice they felt like photographers were disposable um so I was just like what am I doing like why am I even trying to shoot this and then I look at the work of like one of my favorite photographers name is Braylon Braylon Dion and he shoots like black people but all his work tells a story so I just got to the point just like I want to be intentional with my photographs like I don't care that much about Instagram to take things for Instagram because it's crazy how you could take it. It's an okay picture, but it's a pop in person. It gets mad likes, but the actual photo of someone that's not really known, that's beautiful work will get like 30, 30 likes. And that's once I got that in my mind, like it's all clout chasing. I decided like, I want to be intentional with it. And I want to be intentional with dark skin because I've always loved how dark skin photographs, like we literally glow on camera. And then when I'm editing it, I love how our skin pops. Like it's, it's beautiful, it really is. So that's kind of how I got into shooting like dark skin. And it's not colorist because I think all shades of black are beautiful, but me personally, I love shooting dark skin. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's a, that's a hell of a journey to go on. But yeah. I'm so happy that, you know, that this is where you landed. Yeah. You decided to be intentional and mm-hmm. really showcase um, melanin in, in a really beautiful artistic way. So thank you. I love it. Well, I, I thank you, Sage, so much for your time. I know we've been trying to catch up for a minute now, um, but I'm really happy that we had this conversation. Like, I'm so happy that you came on to the podcast. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. I feel like we're yes. fun, but we just didn't know it. We are. <laughs> Prize, best yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, thank you so much. Thank you again to everybody that's listening, that's tuning into yet another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2. Um, I will definitely link all of Sage's contacts, social media, website, all of the information in the description. Um, make sure that you give her, her a follow or just hit up the website, um, mm-hmm. check out her photos, follow along, follow her along on her journey because she is going places. <laughs> so get on the train now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, before I disable my account <laughs> and go off the grid. <laughs> exactly. Um, but thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate all of your support wherever you're listening. Um, we really appreciate you, but thank you so much. Bye. Bye, guys. for listening to another episode of black girls have anxiety too no matter where you are in the world i really appreciate your support see you again on the next episode but until then follow us on instagram at black girls have anxiety too and on twitter at anxious black girls that's anxious blk girls and remember just because you're struggling doesn't mean you have to struggle in silence the more we talk about it the more we heal is it